Welcome to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from Beeson Divinity School on the campus of Sanford University. Now your host, Doug Sweeney. Welcome to the Beeson Podcast. I am your host, Doug Sweeney. I am here with two delightful colleagues who are responsible for the ministries of Beeson Divinity School's Global Center. Uh, we'll hear from them in just a minute. Before we do, let me make a brief service announcement to those who may be interested in studying with us here at Beeson Divinity School or may have loved ones who are. We want to invite all such people to the next two preview days here at Beeson Divinity School. The very next one is September the 12th. That's a Tuesday. There will be another preview day on October the 20th. Come and join us, experience a day in the life of a Beeson student. Uh, all the people who come will hear from me talking about our sense of purpose and mission at Beeson. You'll hear from faculty members, students, staff members, and everybody who attends one of our preview days will have their $35 application fee waived. So visit BeesonDivinity.com and click the visit button to learn more. We hope to see you there. All right, I have before me Dr. David Parks and Mrs. Callie Trombley, the leaders of Beeson's Global Center. They are dear colleagues. They are great at what they do, and they're here to update us on all kinds of physical improvements to the Global Center that have been going on for several months now. And then uh, the lineup we have in store for people who want to come and join us this fall through the ministries of the Global Center. So David and Callie, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for Thanks having us. us. Yeah. Why don't we, just for the sake of those who haven't been around recently, introduce you a bit to them. Dr. David Parks, you have been for quite a while now the director of our Global Center. You teach missions here. You wear a lot of hats. Would you introduce yourself just briefly to us? Uh, how did you come to know the Lord and how did you get involved in missions work to begin with? Yeah, I'm actually from Birmingham, so I'm a local boy. I grew up in church and it was really my freshman year where I began to be convicted that I didn't even know for sure that I was saved. Um, I had one foot in the church and one foot in the world for a while. And it was finally, um, ironically, a little bit connected to international missions because I was in the world of college tennis and I was interacting with people from all over the world hmm. and I was seeing Christianity through their eyes. And it, for the first time in my life, I began to ask this question, okay, so I say that I believe there's this man who said he was God and that everyone should follow him. Okay, maybe that's weird. <laughs> and so I began to ask myself, do I really believe this? Do I really believe um, Jesus is the way? And I, I began to be convinced that what I had been taught was true. So um, God saved me through that time and in, it, immediately I had an interest in other cultures as well, which eventually worked itself out um, after I finished seminary. But I went to undergrad Sanford. I went to Beeson Divinity School, finished in 97, met my wife. And before long, um, God called us to be missionaries. And we were in Southeast Asia for a while until we uh, wound up coming back here. Uh, and did a PhD. How'd the timing of your coming back to Beeson work? So yeah, I did a PhD in missions at Southern 
and you know, the people I met there um, both equipped me and eventually I was connected to that position in uh, Southeast Asia where we, we worked with um, people from various um, religions, um, worked with students. I taught people in seminary part-time. I taught um, youth ministry actually. And, and it was um, after that, went straight to the field. So we were gone for a total of six years. Three of our four kids were born there. And we came back here. We we're actually raising support to return there. We thought we were going to go back to Malaysia. And the short description is that that door closed and then the door to be here opened. And I've been here over 11 years now. Wonderful. And we're grateful to God that you have been. All right, Kelly Trombley, how about you? How did you come to faith? What's your background in missions and how did you get to Beeson Divinity School? Sure. Um, so I grew up the daughter of an Air Force chaplain. Um, I come from five generations of credential ministers in the Pentecostal Holiness Church. So I'm very grateful for that heritage. Um, grew up hearing um, about the Lord, uh, came to faith at a young age, became really serious about my faith probably about my junior year of high school. And it was about that time where I felt like the Lord was beginning to call me to ministry and to missions. Um, after I graduated high school, I went to a small Pentecostal holiness uh, school, Emmanuel College in uh, North Georgia, and studied Christian ministries there. During my last semester, I was had the opportunity to spend uh, three months in Kenya as a teaching intern at a Bible college there. And that's really when I fell in love um, with missions and the opportunity to work there, but also learned the need to connect uh, international missionaries with global pastors and local leaders. And that was kind of my heart as I began looking into master's programs of mm -hmm. how could I connect the, glo the global and the local. Yeah. And so um, I pursued a master's of intercultural studies with an emphasis in church planting at Asbury Theological Seminary. Um, it was a unique hybrid program that was designed for people who were already on the field. So I had the opportunity to have an in-person learning component as well as being able to do my field work um, while I was studying. Uh, during that time, I met my husband, Josiah, um, who is in the process of um, pursuing the Navy chaplaincy himself. He told me he felt like the Lord was either calling him to missions or to the military. I said, well, I just got off the plane from Kenya, so I'm okay with that. And I grew up in the home of a military chaplain. Um, and my mom was quick to remind me that the military is just as much of a mission field. And so that's kind of where we're heading long term. My husband, Josiah, is in his third year here at Beeson, was just ordained a deacon um, in the uh, jurisdiction of Anglican chaplains. I'm ordained now in the Pentecostal Holiness Church myself, um, and so together we're working towards um, a career in the Navy, and wherever the good Lord and big Navy takes us, that's where we'll go. Um, but coming to Beeson, uh, one of the things that drew us here was the interdenominational aspect, because we knew that in the chaplaincy, that's what our parish was going to look like. But also, we heard about this wonderful thing called the cross-cultural ministry practicum. Um, and we saw from early on the emphasis uh, that Beeson places on missions. And then we found out about the Global Center. And um, the first time we walked on campus, I walked into the Global Center and said, 
this is something that I'd like to be a part of. And about two weeks later, a position opened up. <laughs> um, Anna Russell moved into the events coordinator position and um, that presented an opportunity uh, to apply. And the more and more that we thought about it and we prayed about it, we knew that this was the Lord and his goodness and his grace allowing us an opportunity to work together at Beeson and serve here and for me to do ministry in this way. Yeah. So I have to, to say that she showed up to the interview <laughs> with a torn cornea yeah. and she still showed up. She didn't ask to meet it another day. No. She she shows up with this major physical issue going on. Her um, eye is just watering profusely the whole time. <laughs> and she, she was moved by everything you said. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <that was it. laughs> And she's saying, oh, you know, I'm sorry. And it, I'm going, wow, this this woman's got some spunk here. I mean, yeah. She's got some perseverance. She's knocking the, the questions out of the park. Now, she says she doesn't really remember it. I think I remember maybe two questions from that job interview. <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently it went well. I guess so. Um, all right. Well, let's start at a little bit of a macro level and tell our listeners about the Global Center itself and its mission and uh, maybe a little bit about your jobs at the Global mm -hmm. Center. Dr. Parks, we'll start with you because you're in charge of it all. Uh, and then we'll move to Callie and ask her to just tell us a little bit about how she fits into the mission and what her work is day by day. Uh, but again, let's start with you. What is the Global Center at Beeson and what do you try to do? Well, that's a good question because the Global Center includes things we do. It is a space. Um, ultimately, our mission is to encourage, equip, and connect the local campus and um, local church communities with global mission. And we do that through various things. Through the school, I teach missions. Uh, we have a cross-cultural ministry practicum so that all MDiv students must go somewhere a minimum of two weeks to have a, a cross-cultural immersion experience where they're going to um, really encounter either evangelism, church planting cross-culturally, or some kind of pastoral training, theological education. Sometimes it's a combination of both because we want them to be able to have that experience to broaden their perspective, um, to continue their ministries. Even if they're here in the States, we want them to know how to partner for missions, what actually happens on the field. Um, and we also want them to have uh, the, the tools to reach those of different cultures down the street. Oh, that's great. And you have some students, right, who want to be missionaries and for whom the two weeks is not enough. Yes. So we have a mission certificate here. Think of it kind of like a minor where they use two of their electives to not only so they wouldn't only take Christian missions, which everyone takes, but they would also take worldview and world religion and strategies and missions. Um, and their cross-cultural ministry practicum would be a minimum of six weeks. And we kind of work individually with that person to find a, a place that would be a best fit for them. Yeah, wonderful. All right, Callie, and how do you fit in? What's your job at the Global Center? So my job as the program assistant is I kind of do most of the behind-the-scenes things. Um, I work with our events coordinator, Anna, in planning our events, lining up speakers. Um, Dr. Parks usually gives me a great list of speakers for our Global Voices events, and then I connect with them and get those running and work with our team to market those, get the Sometimes she gives them. me good ideas for speakers. For example, <laughs> this coming year, we will have a certain speaker. President Timothy Tennant from Oh Asbury. yeah, from your so, alma mater, yep. So excited to have him. Um, and so 
that's kind of what I do for the contextual learning side. I have the opportunity, probably one of my favorite parts about my job is getting to know each of the students throughout their practicum journeys, both for their cross-cultural ministry practicum as well as their supervised ministry practicum. I'm one of the few people in the building who really gets an opportunity to have, to talk to almost every single, at least MDiv student while they're here and hear a little bit more about their story and what God's calling them to and gets to walk with them from the beginning to the end of their of their practicum journeys. And so that's kind of my job. And we're starting to talk already about speakers. We will wait a few minutes mm-hmm. to tell our listeners what speakers are coming soon and invite them and so on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Callie, maybe you could tell them a little bit about uh, the auspices under which we invite speakers and let them know uh, what opportunities there might be even for people who aren't students at Beeson, to mm-hmm. come and listen to missionaries and people with experience in the global church. For sure. So Global Voices is our sort of lunch lecture series that we have during both semesters. Um, it's semi-weekly, and that's open to the community. That's open to all of campus. Um, we'll share a little bit later on about where you can find that information. Um, but that just is an opportunity. The kind of subtitle of Global Voices is Stories from the Nations. And so we have different individuals who come and share um, about what God's doing in and through them and around the world. Um, International Lunch Club is another um, event that we do that's really kind of branched out even beyond the Sanford campus. In years past, we've had students come from UAB um, to get connected and learn about different cultures from our students and allow our students to learn more about their culture and kind of open up another window to the world. And then Go Global is our big event in the fall um, where we'll have, um, and we'll talk a little bit more about this year's speaker later, um, we have someone who comes and talks about what missions looks like, but we also have a missions agency fair where about 20 different missions agencies from mm-hmm. around the globe come and share about opportunities that they have for both Um, Sanford students and Beeson students. And then in the spring, we do World Christianity Focus Week, um, where we share about what world Christianity looks like and what does it look like to be a Christian outside of America and outside of even the West. And that's the week that Dr. Parks alluded to that Dr. Tennant's coming. So those are some of the big opportunities, but almost always Global Voices, uh, World Christianity Focus Week, Go Global, those are open to the community. Um, recordings of those are always found online as well. So you can go back and listen to even last year's and the previous year's speakers for those as well. Yeah, and those are some of the best speakers and events we have at Beeson. So we, can, we can't commend them uh, more strongly than we're doing now. Wonderful. Thank Should you. be said that some of them can't be recorded because of the sensitive yes. nature. Yeah. Yeah. Of it. And sometimes those tend to be our best ones. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. so you have to come in person. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. All right, Dr. Parks, there's been a lot of activity in your corner of the building recently, some major renovations. I know you've played a significant role in overseeing some of these renovations. Um, Would you tell our listeners just a little bit about what's been going on and what they might expect the next time they come for an event at the Global Center? Well, I am pretty excited. This has been uh, many years in the making. There have been times I thought it was going to happen, and then uh, due to... Circumstances that couldn't be helped had to be put off. So finally, we have um, the renovations happening. Um, So I like to talk about the renovations in two phases. Phase one is pretty much complete now. And this is um, that we have taken the display areas, what we talked about, um, 
at the top floor in the bottom floor where the globe was. And for some people, you're already sad because you're hearing the globe is gone. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, but it just didn't serve a lot of functionality. Um, it and was were, pretty big, too. And there it took was, up a lot of space. <laughs> there were study cubicles down there that people are a little dis Sometimes they have said, oh, but I miss the study cubicles. Well, so that's not the purpose of the Global Center. Um, years ago, Bill O'Brien started the Global Center um, as a center to come and get information about missions. And that was great. It was a cutting edge. He couldn't have known that there was going to be something called the Internet afterward yeah. uh, that would make it um, you know, so easy for people to get that information anywhere. And so that space began to really be unused. So we have um, cleared it out and the downstairs combined with the upstairs is an event space. We've added a balcony to the upstairs. If um, you have been to the Global Center and you kind of picture that, um, can think of a balcony looking toward the outside wall. And, and at the outside wall, there's no other way to put it, there's a massive screen under the, um, the yeah. windows. And, and this is our window to the world. And there will be other screens as well, but um, we want to to have this going on a daily basis to show things like, for example, we have this um, YouTube channel we're showing that is a population clock, which is also um, a shout out to Bill O'Brien and mm -hmm. who had a population clock in the global center. Did you know that there was a population clock in there? No, long ago, you mean? Yes, from 95 until 2013, I oh, think it was. Okay. I felt really bad. It died on my watch. Um, it always displayed the population growth, and it was the thing that really captured people's attention. Mm. And for years, people asked me, what happened to the population clock? And I said, well, it, it, it died, and the technology was too old for Rob to get parts to, um, to fix it. So, so anyway, one of the first things I put on the screen was a much more complex global population count from a YouTube channel. But anyway, we're using this to um, display information about mission statistics, global needs, um, global culture. Sometimes we'll just be showing something that shows what traffic looks like in another country. We want people, even when we're not having an event, mm -hmm. to feel like there's a window into the world in the global center. So global voices will be in our um, in the global center finally for the first time in a long time. We used to have it in there, but it's been too big to have it in there for a while. And, and how's that going to work? People who think they remember what the Global Center looked like a few years ago probably are scratching their heads. How can you pull off a, an event where you've got 50, 60, 70 people mm -hmm. in the Global Center now? Right. Well, actually, we can comfortably fit 80. And so um, there will be plenty of room downstairs for 45, 50. That's not a stretch at all. And then upstairs, you have the balcony level, the level above it, and then you can even put high chairs beyond that and easily put another 30. Hmm. All right, and is all, you, you mentioned two phases. Was yes. all that phase one? Mm -hmm. All that was phase one. All right, so all what's right. in store for phase two? Okay, um, quick description of what's left with phase one. We're gonna have two other screens. One will displace uh, Beeson and missions, CCMP, things like that. But the other one I want to mention, because if, if people are, are listening to this from Samford, there's going to be another one that displays Samford admissions. I mm. very much want this to connect with the campus at large. We will have Samford faculty 
who are um, doing incredible things globally. People like Dr. Rachel Hakes, who will be one of our speakers this semester. Nice. We want people to see that. We want them to uh, to know that there's a global missions scholar program in, for the undergrad. And we want undergrads who are um, in love with missions to also feel like this is their place as well. Okay. Phase two is going to be a timeline of the history of salvation for all tongues, tribes, and nations. It's going to start downstairs in the hallway where there are um, artifacts from various missionaries. Um, and just, if you know what's down there, um, we're not going to get rid of Lottie Moon. <laughs> <laughs> so d no need for pitchforks, all right? And if my mom's listening, mom, I'm not getting rid of Carl Worley. I promise you. Okay? So he has a strong connection to Sanford. My mom went to church with um, his kids. All right. So the, we're not getting rid of that. But most of the hallway will be a biblical timeline that um, walks people through different acts, if you will, of the Old Testament and New Testament. To show them how it fits together and what it has to say about all the nations. Mm -hmm. So starting with creation, fall, then Abraham and the blood, how he's called to be a blessing to the nations. Other Old Testament um, acts, uh, the exile, and how God gets his glory among the nations, even in the exile. Then going into the, the New Testament, the theme will be step into the story. You'll be able to step into those cubicles, maybe watch a video, short video of Old Testament missions, New Testament missions. There will even be a place where there is um, kind of a mirror that puts you um, in the on the same plane with people of various tongues, tribes, and nations. You see yourself literally among the nations, and in the background will be scripture um, in the New Testament, for example, Great Commission, and you will see the visual narrative of the New Testament and Jesus. So that's the, the hallway. Um, and as we walk people through that and do tours, which we will be able to reintroduce the Global Center to, nice. to campus, mm -hmm. we, we still occasionally do tours for churches, sometimes students. I think we're going to have a lot more now because um, we will promote this. We'll be able to share the gospel. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to um, help them understand the why of missions. It didn't start with the Great Commission. The whole Bible is leading to this. And then as we walk into the downstairs part of the Global Center, there will be a timeline of the history of missions that will start 100 AD and go eventually through present day. And it will include a lot of the quotes and a lot of the people that we have had on the walls in the Global Center already. Um, it will ultimately end in a visual depiction of what the new creation might look like based on um, Revelation 21 and 22. Wow. Well, Dr. Parks, you've done a fantastic job conceptualizing that. And of course, just as importantly, the guys who've been doing the hard labor, the physical work this summer uh, in the Global Center yes. have made it look really nice. Yes. Yeah. Looking forward to welcoming people back and let them check it out a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, before we conclude, let's let people know what's going on in the ministries of the Global Center, at least this fall. We mm -hmm. want to invite our listeners to come and attend some of these things. I'm not sure how the two of you would prefer to kind of lay some of this out, but let's tell people what we have in store for them. Okay. Sure. So we have um, several Global Voices this semester. We start off uh, with Dr. Ben Birdsong from Christ Church here in Birmingham. And his topic is basically how to build a good local missions partnership in your local church with Global Missions. 
so he'll be our first one. Uh, we have, as David mentioned, Dr. Rachel Hakes, who's a Stanford professor. She'll be coming to share about her work with a remote village in Tanzania. Mm -hmm. um, so we're really excited about that. We have a Beeson alum who's actually coming to share about how sports opens up doors for engagement in closed access countries. Mm -hmm. That's one of ours that is going to be really, really good, but because it's uh, we have to protect him, we can't record it. But So we highly recommend you coming to that one. And we actually have one of our cross-cultural ministry hosts from this past year who's coming, um, and she's sharing about her work that she did with students in Ecuador this summer and extending that opportunity, and that's uh, Anne-Marie. And so we're super excited to have her. For our Go Global speaker, we have another wonderful Beeson alum, Dr. A.K. Lama. He's mm. coming to share with us, and he'll speak in the Tuesday chapel of that week, and then he'll do a presentation that Wednesday about some of the work that he's doing um, in transforming and teaching leaders in Asia. And then International Lunch Club is another one of our ongoing events that allows Beeson students and Sanford international students to connect and kind of learn about one another's cultures. Um, and sometimes it opens up the door for these students who've never heard about Jesus to hear about Jesus and to see the love of Jesus. Um, and our always favorite event of the semester, Taste of Christmas Around the World, uh, will be back. And it will actually be happening uh, near the end of finals week. So mm -hmm. students can come and after they're done with their finals, they can come and taste celebratory mm -hmm. foods from around the world. So those are some of our global voices um, and our Go Global speaker for this semester. I will say one more thing. When Dr. A.K. Lama is here, he's going to do um, a training that's primarily aimed at local ministers, pastors who are interested in potentially going and teaching a week or two somewhere uh, in another culture. Oh, nice. And so he's going to talk about what it means to teach cross-culturally. Mm -hmm. And so that's the, um, what's the exact date? It's the first Thursday of October. I believe it's October 6th. Okay, and so if you're interested, um, make sure you look at our website for that event. And at that event, we're going to announce the. Well, actually, I'm, I guess I'm announcing it now. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going to have uh, what we call a global training network, where we are trying to take needs around the world for some kind of pastoral theological education, from formal to very informal, and match it with local resources, people who are very well qualified to train um, leaders and pastors. I believe strongly that if um, local pastors and other leaders who are qualified simply knew of the options, they would probably choose to do that a little more than simply taking their um, church on a trip that's only doing evangelism. Maybe they would take their um, church on that same trip, but maybe think a little bit more ahead of time about how they could train leaders as well. And so we wanna do what we can to match um, these things happening globally, because there's so many needs around the world for pastoral training on a simple level that a lot of people locally really do have something to offer. And we want to try to begin to find a way to uh, match these needs and resources. Mm, marvelous. All right, so how do people who've been listening to this and want to participate do so? Do they have to sign up? Do they just come? How do they find out when and where? 
They can go to the BSIN website. They can either go to the events page, uh, bsindivinity.com, and they can uh, click on the events tab. All of our events will be there. They can also go to the Global Center page on the BSIN website, and all of our events are there as well, and they can sign up at either of those. But you do ask that they we register, do ask is they that true? Ahead. Because yeah. sometimes there's food and so yes. on, you need to know how to plan. We will feed you. We just need to know that you want to be fed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you for the marvelous work you're doing. Global mm -hmm. Center is one of the most um, exciting things about Beeson Divinity School, certainly for me. Mm -hmm. I think you know we usually end these interviews <laughs> by asking folks what the Lord's doing in their lives these yeah. days. And so I'd love to move us towards that question and maybe mm -hmm. start with you, Dr. Parks. Is the Lord teaching you anything new, doing anything new in your life? How are you growing these days in your walk with him? Um, I guess it would be just um, little by little um, relearning the old lessons of trusting him with both the little things and, and the big things um, as a, um, you know, not just director of Global Center, but as a, a father um, and a husband, you know, um, I think God is growing me in learning to leave things in his hands. Mm. Oh, that's good. How about you, Kelly? Anything the Lord's doing in your life these days that mm -hmm. uh, might be edifying for our listeners to know about? For sure. Um, currently, I've been studying the book of Hebrews um, for a Bible study that I have coming up. And the author constantly exhorts his audience to endure and that the strength and the ability to endure comes from looking to Christ, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And my husband, Josiah, and I have walked through some major challenges in the past year. And so it's constantly come back to the joy of the Lord truly being our strength and, and looking to him, to our author and our perfecter, to provide that endurance that we need to make it through. And But also just being able to have that joy and to persevere um, because we're looking forward to the joy set before us. So that's, mm -hmm. that's what he's teaching me in this season. Yeah, thank you. We sure are. Well, you have been listening to David Parks and Callie Trombley, who lead the Global Center here at Beeson Divinity School. They are uh, dear colleagues doing fantastic work. Uh, we invite you to check it out on our website, and we invite you to come and be part of our community as we learn and grow as disciples and disciple makers. Thank you, Dr. Parks and Callie, for being with us. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We love you. We thank you for praying for us, and we say goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Beeson Podcast, coming to you from the campus of Samford University. Our theme music is by Advent Birmingham. Our announcer is Mike Pascarello. Our engineer is Rob Willis, and our show host is Doug Sweeney. For more episodes and to subscribe, visit BeesonDivinity.com slash podcast. You can also find the Beeson Podcast on iTunes and Spotify.